day of 2024, so we are well into a new year, and I hope you and your family are doing well. Um, I will make a few announcements as we get started. Uh, tonight, deacons, we have a meeting at 6 o'clock, and conference will be at 7. Part of what we will do tonight at conference is uh, confirm our 2024 budget for the year, so we're a week already into it, so... Hope everything goes well with that, but yeah, right. Uh, th that sounds more like asking forgiveness rather than permission, but we won't get, get into that. Um, some other things I want to highlight, Tuesday's lunch meal in the Fellowship Hall, they're back on this Tuesday. So if you ever uh, would like to start eating lunch, fellowship lunch, potluck lunch with uh, a group of us on Tuesdays. Uh, this Tuesday will be a great day to start. A couple of student and children family life ministry events that I wanted to highlight also. They may be rolling on the screen there. Um, I'm not sure. But on Wednesday night, the 31st, our students will be worshiping with other uh, youth groups in, in the area at the GPAC in Franklin from 6 to 8. So that is a community-wide Wednesday night youth service uh, from 6 to 8. You can see Bryson uh, for more questions about that. Then in February on the 10th, there's a children's event connected to Word of Life called February Fantastic. Um, it'll be from 8.15 to 4.30 on that day. That is a Saturday. And there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center there that you can sign up. Again, see Bryson if you have any questions about that. After each Sunday morning service in January, we will take the Lottie Moon offering for missions. So there will be a couple of guys at the doors as you exit if you would like to give to that. Um, and I know I didn't get permission, but Howard Scarborough is starting a divorce care class next Sunday morning, I think. I think that's next Sunday, Howard. Check your calendar, brother. Uh, I hope I got permission to invite anybody who feels they're in need of, of that ministry. Thank you, Howard, for, for leading that and having the, the heart for that. Um, I think that's all for now. If I think of anything else, we can... Uh, covered at the end of the service. We did present Stephanie uh, a, a thank you card with some cash in it from the church for leading worship throughout December as Catherine was out uh, with her new baby, Wren. Uh, Bryson's still out with uh, Zeke. But from everything I hear, uh, both those new babies are doing well, as are their parents. So um, we're grateful for that. So, uh, you know, we've been asking every Sunday... Uh, people to read scripture to start our service and pray. Well, it seems like the last couple of weeks, the people we ask suddenly get sick. Last week, it happened to derail. This, this week, Gavin was supposed to, to read, and, and now uh, they're sick, so uh, I pulled my ace in the hole. Jake, are you, are you with us? <laughs> my son Jake's going to read the scripture this morning, pray, and he and I think seven others from Glenlock went to Louisville to a conference uh, this week that I think was very helpful, so he may say a word about that. So, Jake. This is Jake. Good morning, y'all. How are y'all? I'm going to read from Philippians 4, 4 through 8. 
I can find it. This is the time where you sing that, you know, the books of the Bible song in your head and you're trying to find the, the books, but you, can't, you just can't find it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So this past week, um, me and seven other students from Glenlock and Ripple Road went to Louisville, Kentucky to cross conference, and it taught me a lot about how truly important it is to apply what we read in the Bible to our lives. Um, John Piper spoke, um, Kevin DeYoung spoke, Tripoli spoke, and they all had some very good things to say about how important the Bible and reading the Word is to your everyday life. And um, one, there was one, um, they had breakout sessions um, and like interviews, and there was one about how important journaling is and how important consistently being in the Word in the morning is, every morning. Um, so I would just encourage everybody to consistently be in the Word because it really does change your mindset on everything, and um, it's just really good for your relationship with Christ, and is it okay if I pray? <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, God, uh, I just thank you for letting us be able to gather here in your house today. I just pray that um, everybody takes something out today from the message and the worship. I just pray that um, you be with all of us today. I just pray um, for anyone that couldn't make it this morning or anybody that's struggling in this world, I just pray that um, as all college students start a new semester that we just worked hard in our studies and uh, stay focused on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. If you'll stand with us this morning, we're going to begin worship with singing Seek Ye First.
worshiping with a song that was on my heart all week, and that is Open My Eyes That I May See. And as I was picking the songs for this week, I was just thinking about songs that were good to kind of start our year off with and songs that might just kind of be an anthem for us as this year carries on. So I think you'll kind of sense that theme as we continue worshiping this morning. this year. I don't know if y'all knew that, but that means we'll have 10 choir practices if we get to practice every week, and then it'll be time for Easter. Um, so we would love to do, you know, something special for Easter, and so we have 10 weeks, and so there's no greater time to join choir than now, um, and as we just sang, um, what a great way to worship, and I promise you don't have to be a good singer. We, you really don't, um, because when you sing with other people, God just kind of takes control and makes everybody sound good. 
And so, you know, we have Stephanie, so we just, you know, you'll sound great because you'll be next to Stephanie, and then you get to worship every week for an hour. Um, And we have several voices like that in our choir. So I encourage you to come and join us next week. Precious memories Unseen angels Sent from somewhere to my soul How they linger Ever near me And the sacred past unfolds too. You can come worship with him on Sunday evenings as well. If you'll stand, we're going to sing as the deer to prepare for our sermon. As the deer 
Father God. Lord, thank you so much just for filling your house with um, my brothers and sisters in Christ, God. Lord, thank you for allowing us to worship together. Lord, thank you for putting a song in our heart, God. And Lord, thank you for hymns that allow us to reflect and um, just kind of set a song to our hearts for us to um, sing as the year goes on, God. Whether that be that you're the apple of our eye and that we only long to worship you. Or maybe it's that we need to seek you first every day, God, in all that we're doing, Lord. Or maybe it's that our prayer needs to be that you open our eyes and our hearts and our minds. That we may worship you better this year, God. And that we may serve you better, God, and show your love to others better. Lord, whatever our anthem needs to be this year, I pray that today... Each person in this church leaves with a song in their heart, God, to just kind of carry them through, Lord. And God, as we dive into your word, I pray that it speaks clearly to each one of us and finds a lodging place in our hearts. And we just um, thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And we just pray for Pastor Neil as he brings your word. And we pray for our leaders who are going to be in Children's Church. And we love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. And children ages 2 and uh, 3 to 2nd grade can go to the back to Children's Church with Miss Terry. Catherine, sound guys, I did go to the head headset. I know it, w- it wasn't on for the first half of the service, but um, I suddenly got a clue. Hey, turn to Luke chapter 2, please where we will revisit the Christmas story in Luke with the purpose of living daily with the themes of Advent dominating our lives, hope, peace, love, and joy. As Jake came to read the call to worship, uh, I remembered a recurring nightmare that I have had And it goes something like this. I get into the pulpit to preach, and I never can find the text. (laughs) So I felt for him there for a second, but in my dream, I never get to it, and I think I just sit back down or wake up. I don't know exactly what happens, but really what I want to say in this message is what Jake said. There's simply no substitute for personal intake of the Word of God on a regular, consistent basis. Um, What he learned at this conference is something that all of us should learn and practice, although we have a natural aversion to this. We are born as people who don't want to think seriously about God and our responsibilities and our accountability to Him. But there are so many places in the Bible that give us great guidance and great help on what this looks like. And I think from this familiar Christmas story, this text in Luke 2, we have modeled for us how to think. We have modeled for us how to respond to the truth of the gospel. We have pictured for us in this text an everyday gospel for everyday people. And everyday life. So as we enter into 2024, again, I said this last week, this is part two. My goal is to help us begin to live hopefully and peacefully and joyfully and lovingly, not just during the Christmas season, but every single day of our lives. So 
Uh, let's walk again through Luke 2. I promise next week we'll probably be, probably be in the Gospel of John. So uh, not that there would be anything wrong with staying in Luke 2 the rest of our lives. But anyway, Luke 2 verse 8. So in the same region, there were some shepherds. And they were staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Uh, by now, you could probably memorize and share this on your own. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Imagine this, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, among men with whom he is pleased. Well, it came about that when the angels had gone away, when they had gone away from them into heaven, that these shepherds began saying to one another, let us go. Let's, let's respond by going. Let's go straight to Bethlehem then, and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has, the Lord has made known to us. God revealed this to them. And if a, in a powerful, special way. So they came in haste. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it, all who heard their testimony, their their words, their version of the angelic, glorious announcement, they all wondered. They wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, don't miss this, just as had been told to them. Just as had been told. It was exactly the way God said it would be. And that's the lesson that all of us either will learn by faith or in time, maybe even to eternity, we will learn that everything really was and is as God has said that it would be. Father, we are grateful for the grace that allows us to meet and to gather and to read and to sing. Thank you for Catherine and Russ and the others who led us in singing your praises. It's such an important part of getting into our hearts and minds these great truths which cause us to be hopeful and joyful and peaceful and loving in ways that you would call us to. So help us to see what was first seen and heard in the gospel as you announced to these shepherds, as you announced to these everyday people 
a glorious truth that transcends everything in life, everything in living. To you be all honor and glory and praise. Amen. So last week we looked at two crucial habits for everyday people in everyday life. And we said that like the shepherds and Mary and Joseph, we should gather. It's crucial to gather regularly with God and his word, with other people, because they have eyes and ears and hearts and perspectives that we can be encouraged by and learn from. They, they went and they gathered, and that's crucial for you as an individual privately and as a church corporately. And then we noticed, too, that they wondered if we want to live a life of wonder and a life of adventure, we have to set before our eyes and our ears wonderful things. It's hard to live in wonder if you never see or hear anything truly wonderful. But the gospel is the most wonderful event and story which has ever happened. I heard a coach this past week in a press conference talking about how he told his players what Advent meant. I was like, whoa, what's he about to say? And he said that Advent comes from the word Adventus, which is where we get our word adventure. <laughs> I thought, that's really good. I missed that during Advent. Where do these coaches go to Bible study, right? That's it. Advent begins an adventure where every day can actually be packed with wonder and joy and peace and hope. If we will get our minds, Jake said it, if you, can, you and I can get our minds into the right mindset. Now this morning on my way to church, and if you were me and you were preaching every Sunday... You would have what you're about to say on Sunday on your mind the whole time, I, I, the whole week. At least that's how I tend to function. So on my way to church this morning, I'm driving up 27, and in my truck, I think of something that I said to me that I want to say to you. So this is a last-minute thought. Driving to church, knowing my mind which I've said before, sometimes it's like a bad neighborhood. I don't want to go in there by myself, right? My mind can get stuck in the muck. And at times my mind can be like a runaway train off the tracks headed into who knows where. Because of that, I wrote this note down, note to self. We are simply not paying enough attention to what matters most. Let me say that again. I fight this. I wrestle with this. And I wrestle with this so that I can tell you to wrestle with this and to fight our natural apathy and our natural aversion and our natural distraction. We are simply not paying enough attention to what matters most. And that's why it says in Luke 2, but Mary 
Luke is a lot of what Mary's thought life is about. Why does it talk about the shepherds? Let me turn my Bible back to the right page. But Mary, why is the focus and the highlight on her? We could preach a whole sermon, a whole sermon on the thought life of Mary. You've seen those cartoons where there's a bubble above somebody's head and it's showing their thoughts. Mary was a great thinker. She was a deep thinker. She's like we need to be. Sometimes I'm just not thinking or I'm thinking the wrong things. But in Luke chapter 1 verse 29, when she first hears the announcement that she's going to be part of the gospel, Luke tells us she was greatly troubled at this statement. But she kept pondering. She kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. So she just doesn't respond to this numbly. She's not empty-headed here. She starts thinking. And she starts thinking correctly, and later she breaks out in song, and I think she sings her thoughts. But that's another sermon. After Luke 2, well, at the end of Luke 2, actually, you know that scene where they go to the temple, and, 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 and Jesus is, he's off do, doing his father's business, and, and then at the end, of Luke, 2's a, Luke 2's a long chapter. Jesus says in Luke 2, 49, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Verse 50 says, they didn't understand this statement which he made to them. And then it says, he went down with them and he came to Nazareth. He continued in subjection to them. But look, listen to what his mother did. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. So before the birth of Christ and after the birth of Christ, Luke tells us that Mary was always pondering. She was always treasuring. The whole time, she was soaking this up. So I want to get the other three daily habits from the rest of this text where it begins with, but Mary, back in Luke 2. Let's go back to where we started. All right. Gather, wonder. Here's your third word, treasure. What's your treasure? Wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things. She treasured up all these things. This word used, which we have treasure, in the Greek means to value deeply. To value deeply. It's what you must save. I've told you before that my family at times we've had a little box and it, the, 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 the label at the front of that box is must save. And periodically I'll go through that thing when we're moving or whatever and I'll say, ah, <laughs> that's why this is here. It's an important memory. It's, it's something we cherish. It means to keep close together. It means to conserve and preserve 
It's biblically, it's much more than information. It's much more than concepts, but it's an intimate connection to a person. She's treasuring up all these things, but these things are ultimately about the person we are called to treasure. When I thought about this word, I thought about grandmothers at Christmas. When the grandchildren from far away or long away comes into the home, she goes and she, she hugs them with that once a year Christmas hug. She treasures them. She values them. And she communicates love for them through those expressions of treasuring. What are the things you just can't throw away? If a fire begins to consume your home, what are the things that you gather real quickly because you value them so much? In the Gospel of Mark, here's an interesting thought and interpretation. In the Gospel of Mark, this same word is used when Herod put John the Baptist in prison. prison. He, he locked him up. He was terrified of him. John the Baptist was extremely popular. Herod's wife hated him. And he didn't know what to do with him. So it says he centureoed him. He locked him up. He saved him. He kept him because this ruthless king wanted to seize control. He kept him safe for his own evil agenda. Mary kept safe all the things she was hearing from the shepherds through the angels this whole story she she treasured up all these things she she stored them deep in her heart for later use stored them deep in her heart for later use Paul tells us in Corinthians that we have this treasure in jars of clay. We're weak, we're limited, we're fallen, we're like these clay pots. But inside of us is a treasure. And that valuable treasure is the gospel. And we are to love the gospel with all of our heart, soul, mind, and all of our strength. And as we love the gospel, the treasure of the gospel puts into our lives worth and value and significant and meaning that allows us and empowers us to live hopefully, joyfully, peacefully, and lovingly. If you will treasure the gospel, you'll discover in the gospel your own worth. Oh, holy night. When he appeared, the soul finally felt its worth. If you're feeling worthless, if you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling hopeless or meaningless, begin to treasure the gospel and you'll discover in the cross and the resurrection of Christ God's amazing love for you. There is no substitute for treasuring up all these things. The warning. Is if you don't treasure these things, the smart aleck in me wants to say, good luck with that. The smart aleck in me wants to say, let us know how that works out for you. So I'm not going to say those things. 
because those things could be said about me. But I do want to quote one of my favorite theologians and teachers, and he's going to put it in a much kinder, gentler way. If you disregard the study of God, you will sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded. As it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew how heavy this was, and she couldn't afford to not make this her treasure. We'll get into that in just a second. So let's move on to the next word, because I think you're like, treasure, okay, we got it. We have to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to us. Don't be anxious for anything but, but treasure the gospel and all these things that we preach about, that we talk about, that, that you in private should read about. That has to be the most pressing and important thought that I have all day, every day, applying this good news to all the ins and outs and all the circumstances and all the thoughts that keep running in and out of this fallen brain that we all have. Okay, ponder is the next word. So treasure and ponder, those two things sound a whole lot alike, and they are a whole lot alike, but when you treasure something, it's more an expression of value. When you ponder something in your heart, it means to turn it over, meditate on it again and again. It means to, to sort it all out, uh, to, to value something, and then to, because you value that, you're going to ponder it. it, means that I'm going to drill down on it mentally. I'm going to spend some time in this. Uh, one theologian said most of life is spent reflecting on what you've lived. But the problem today is nobody's reflecting on anything. We've become a people of zombies. We're not thinking at all. We've got this thing called AI, an artificial intelligence, that'll do all your thinking for you. <laughs> it's one of the most dangerous things that we as human beings have ever thought of. Back when we were in Galatians, I, I didn't even know this was a thing, but my wife, Tracy, I'm preaching through Galatians, and she said, I want you to see this. She pulled up a sermon that AI would come up with on its own from the Galatians text, and it was a really good sermon. But I'll quit before I do that. I'm going to share my own stuff, good or bad. What a, and you're like, we, we can tell. You're, you, <laughs> the, 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 there's no artificial coming up with it. This is, this is, this is your stuff, Pastor Neil. But, but here's my problem. Our technology has, we're not reading. We're not thinking dip, deeply. I, I'm, my, now my brain's, I've run off the tracks again. Let me come back to this. What she is doing is she is throwing all this together which is what the word literally means. I'm putting all this together, I'm laying it out, I'm putting these things together, and, I, and I'm trying to figure out what's important, what adjustments I need to make, how I need to live. I got this thought coming at me, I got this circumstance coming up. I'm going to ponder in my heart what matters most, and that's going to guide me. Let me give you an illustration. My son Sam, is, my son Sam says at Christmas, I, I, I got a present you're going to love. I was excited, you know. And he's right, I loved it. It was a box of 2023 Topps baseball cards. Now, as a kid, 
because it called back up my childhood memories. Very sentimental about baseball cards. So I could talk all day about it, but, but, but I did something I hadn't done in years. I opened up that box. I sat there and opened every pack. Not a stick of gum in any pack, but I opened every single pack. I don't know, what do they do with the gum, right? And then I sorted through all that. I pulled out what I thought to be the most valuable cards, the most valuable players, and and I set them aside. I took that gift, I opened it up, I sorted it out, I thought through it, I organized it, I valued different aspects of it. That is what you and I are called to do with the Word of God every single day. That's what Mary did. She did that in her heart. You know what she's doing? She is loving God with her heart, soul, listen, mind. Love God with your mind. What are you thinking about? In fact, if you want to know what you treasure, what dominates your mind most of the day, that's where your value is. Those who know God, Packer said this, I think, the people who know God have great energy for God. Why? Because they're now on an adventure. They know, they know in their heart of hearts that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is saving, that God is redeeming. Man, they've opened up the box, they've separated the packs, and they've laid down the cards, and they know that if Christ died for me, if Christ has been raised from the dead for me, there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Man, that packs every day with with sacredness and joy but I'm just not thinking enough about what really matters. Do you know why Luke tells us Mary is pondering these things in her heart? I'll give you three reasons why. Why is she opening this up, sorting it out? Three reasons. So here's a sub-sermon real quick. Number one, her assignment is massive. Why would she think in her heart so much about what all this means? Because think about her assignment. She's the mother of the Messiah, and she knows it. She knows it. The the most important assignment ever given a human being. So she must think about this. My assignment every week is to preach the truth of God to the people of God in the way God calls me to. Do you know why most lay people are apathetic and lackadaisical about us talking about the value of the word is you think that I'm the only one with an assignment. I live with this God-ordained assignment every day. But you know what my assignment is? My assignment is to tell you that you also have the same assignment. It may not be preaching on Sundays and Wednesdays, but you are called to be, as I am called to be, always ready to give a reason for the hope in you. You are called, as I am called to be, to make the most of every opportunity. You are called to be, as I am called to be, using our gifts and our talents and our smarts and our money and our... We're called to use that for God's kingdom first. 
So we go out the doors and I start thinking about next Sunday because I have an assignment. And it's before all of you publicly. But my assignment is to preach to you to tell you, you too have a weighty, massive assignment. It may not be scheduled in your calendar like Bible studies, nursing homes, and so forth, but you got it. And it's up to you and God to figure out how to fulfill your assignment. And let me tell you, me figuring out my assignment was a long, grueling, emotional process, and I'm still not finished. The other reason she thought deeply and pondered these things, not only her assignment, but the pain that was coming in the future. What are you talking about, Willis? That's to keep some of the older ones with me. Later in Luke 2, when she goes into the temple, Simeon tells her, Simeon tells her a sword is going to pierce your heart. A sword is going to pierce your heart. She better ponder these things because she's going to be at the foot of the cross. And this child she's raised in the prime of his life is going to be brutally, bloodily murdered. I don't know what that's like. Some of you may know some of what that's like. But Jesus looks down and he says to his mother, you take care of John. He looks down at John and says, you take care of Mary. And I'm speculating, I don't know this, but could it be that in that moment where a sword pierces her heart, could it be that she had just enough hope just enough hope to carry her through that moment. I was caught off guard Friday. It's just us, okay? I'm going to share my heart with you. I was caught off guard Friday. And that's kind of why I'm about, I'm struggling with my emotions. But I bumped into a family, a, a couple in Tractor Supply. I hadn't seen them in a long time. But in 2023, they had two devastating losses. First, his father died. And I was an acquaintance. But, but then later, their son, who was the same age as my son Eli, had played soccer with my son Eli. They come in. I'm totally off, caught off guard. And in that moment, you know, you know what it's like not, not knowing quite what to say. You know, Christmas every day, right? No. I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he looked at me and he said, we made it through Christmas. He made it through Christmas. And he said, uh, but, but, we have a new grandbaby. 
and we're turning our joy and our attention in that direction. Let's just warn ourselves regularly that we do not know ever what pain or heartbreak is just around the corner. You blow this off, you say, yeah, yeah, hey, I got it. Hey, heads up, man. Heads up. The reason you need to have this stored up in your heart is that in some shape, form, or fashion, it, it is going to be your time to bleed to. And if you know that God is with you, if you know that he will never leave you or forsake you, if you know, like this couple knows, because I went back and I looked at the post to see, again, to refresh my memory, if you know that one day, because of the gospel, you will see them again, and if you've treasured up that in your heart, through it all, through it all, you can find a place that has hope and peace and love and joy and a strength that will carry you through whatever storm may be coming. The difference with Mary, she knew in advance, but she didn't really know in advance. Do you ever really prepare yourself adequately for something like she went through? And then the third reason, and let me lean down here and look. Oh, here it is. This is better news. Let's, let's come back. Her future impact. This is good. Mary treasured and pondered these things, and guess what? I, tr- I had a seminary professor. I don't know if I said this last week or not, but I'm going to say it today. I had a seminary professor who had some reasons why he felt like all that we have in Luke's gospel, at least the majority of what we have in Luke's gospel, came from who? It came from Mary. So when we go to Luke's gospel and we hear of the birth narrative and all the details and her thought life, how do we know her thought life? Well, well we think, I think, and this, if I had to bet the farm, I would bet that Mary was a primary source of the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that we find at the end of Luke when their hearts are warm because they realize that God has made all this sadness untrue. He's worked all of this for good. Here's the kicker. If you will treasure and ponder and store up these things, these things rather than the other things, in your heart and mind, here's... Here, what kind of impact, man, you could be a person who brings hope and peace and love and joy into the lives of other people. So she had an assignment. She had pain coming. But Mary made a tremendous impact on the world and the kingdom and people like you and me 2,000 years later at a place like Glenlock. This truly is an everyday gospel for everyday people for everyday life. And why does it happen? Because God, through the Holy Spirit, puts it in her heart and puts it in her mind so that we can live confirmed, sure, faithful lives on solid ground. What is the solid ground? The testimony and the thoughts and the witness of Mary herself. If anybody knew, she knew. And Luke writes to Theopolis so that 
Theopolis could have a firm foundation. A place to stand. I've told you before, I'll say it again. Erwin Lutzer has a wonderful story of a man who's, who's, who's traveling and he comes across a frozen body of water. Ice. River, lake, can't remember the detail. But this man has to get across to the other side, this traveler. But he doesn't know how thick the ice is. So he gets down at the edge of the body of water and he, he fills with his hands and he sticks his foot out and, and he's just not sure. So as he's about to stop and start crawling over that, that layer of ice, at, at, at just that moment, he sees a team of horses. And they're pulling a carriage. And they're flying across this body of water that's now frozen. So he thinks. And he ponders. And he says to himself, Good grief. If this is strong enough to hold a team of horses, and if it's strong enough to hold up a carriage, then certainly it's strong enough for me. And so he stands up. He puts his hands in his pockets. And he walks firmly and securely and confidently and safely across the ice. Reason these things out, Luke says. If God has not withheld his son from us, but freely given him up for us all, how shall not he also with him give us all things? Now let me get to the last word, and then I'm going to close. I've given you enough to treasure. I've given you enough to ponder. And let's just do number three. The word is praise. Praise. Hey, they go back. The shepherds go back. They probably like you and me. Ren's tired of me preaching. Is that her back there? <laughs> Don't you dread going back. Back to school. Back to work. Back to shepherding. I'm just a lowly shepherd, right? We go, go back to those nasty, dirty sheep. Hey, in, in an opposite sort of twist, they left the 99 to go see the one. <laughs> Think about that. They leave the 99, their responsibilities, their daily grind, their messy job, uh, their, their, their interactions, all the pressure, all, whatever that is as a shepherd. And they go see the one, but they've got to go back to their responsibilities. But they go back praising. They go back glorifying. They go back changed and renewed. They go back as we all have to go back to school and to work and to whatever it is you go back to. But let me say something that, that, that dawned on me as I study this. We're going to go back. We're going to go back into the ground. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. Under the curse and the fall, don't ever doubt that you're an exception, you're an exemption. You, 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 you go, man, man will go back to the ground from which he came because God is right about everything he has said. They go back. They go back praising and glorifying, but they go back, and what do they, don't miss this, 
Everything that God said to us was true. Every word here is true. The longer I live it, the longer I experience it, the longer I stumble over it, the longer I fail in it, God, my Sunday school teacher said it, yours did too. They're, they're right about everything. All right, and I'm talking about the Bible. It's just like he said. Now that can either be good news or it could be bad news. It, it can be both comforting and, and it can be very convicting, and that's the point. We're all guilty. We're all sinners. And I'm so much better than I deserve. I deserve judgment and wrath. But God came down and loved me. God substituted himself for me. In light of where I am versus what I deserve, how could things be better? Hope, peace, love, joy. We can get there. If we'll treasure and ponder, we can praise. Bless the Lord at all times. I'll tell you what a lady told me this past week. Actually, it was last week. So I'll let you in on a little secret. When I go to preach at uh, nursing homes, I, I, I preach what I'm going to preach to you. I only have, lim I got limited brain space like you do, right? So two weeks ago, in, in, in about 20 minutes, I gave them all five points. Carrollton Manor. Half of them are asleep. Uh, a, a good portion of them you know, may, may, not, may not know I'm there. So I tell them, I said, look, go, go in it. You, you got you to gotta gather, you got to wonder, you got to treasure, you got to ponder, and you got to keep praising him. Well, I was getting done, and, and a lady throws up her hand. She says, can I say something? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm talking. No, you, you, you know I didn't say that. <laughs> I, said, I said, yes, ma'am, what is it? She says, uh, I think you need to add one more word to your list. And I'm thinking, man, she was, she was actually listening. She was listening. And Miss Phyllis, from a wheelchair, in a nursing home, at Christmas, says, I think you need to add to your list that all of us need an attitude adjustment. And I thought, there it is. There it is. She's learned in everyday life, as an everyday person, the most important thing that you can carry with you through it all is an attitude adjustment that is adjusted by the attitude of Christ and the gospel. And let there be no conflict in America. We're called to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. This is old school discipleship and there's no other way no other way. You can, you can live in direct rebellion to this, but everything God says is true. There's no other way to live hopefully, peacefully, lovingly, and joyfully. No other way. Now or into eternity. Father, we're grateful for your grace.
adjust my attitude, adjust our attitude to keep paying attention to what matters most. In a world of anger and hate and confusion and greed and materialism and lust, turn our minds back to you, to the things of God, to eternity, ultimately to the good news of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let this attitude be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. What a friend. Savior's
Yes. I want to tell you as we close today, I there's a phrase that kind of stood out to me that we said a lot today and was carry through. Did y'all hear us keep saying carry, carry, carry? And so I thought it was no coincidence. We I made a playlist when I was delivering Wren, and at one point my mom was like, I think it's time to t- turn the speaker off. And Russ was like, No, you better not turn that speaker off because I had picked all these songs. And so the doctor and nurse kept saying, Well, we can't wait to see what she was like actually playing. Like what what's she gonna be born to? And there was there were some really good Christian songs, there were some old school rap, there was a big mix. But the song that she was born to is a song called Carry Me Through by Dave Barnes, and it is such a good song. The words of it are so good. Um, It starts with, there's a mountain here before me, and I'm going to climb it with strength not my own, but he's going to carry me to the water he leads me, and I know that he will carry me through. So this week, I encourage you, or when you leave, look up that song, Dave Barnes, Carry Me Through. That's going to be my song of the week for you, um, because it's just a great one. Let's sing the doxology to close together this morning. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Have a great week.